Hey guys, welcome back to Because Life. We've taken a little break for the past couple of weeks just to get life in order because life happens, of course. But now we're back and I'm so excited for my guest. The guest for this episode is my friend Diana. She's been a cognitive behavioral therapist for over a decade. And after having her two kids, she recommitted to herself and changed her outlook on life. Recently resigning from her therapy profession and moving into the role of health coach, helping others achieve their health goals. As a therapist, she's in tune with why people struggle with committing to themselves and what she feels is needed to align yourself and get your goals accomplished. This episode is going to be a little twist on the new year, new you, just in time for the holidays. And we're going to call it new decade, new you. We're going to talk a little bit about um, working out. We're going to talk about mental health, physical health, nutrition, um, a little bit of parenting, and we're going to wrap it all up and see how one affects the other and how to just be a better overall self and take care of yourself as well as others um, for this new decade. So please welcome Miss Diana. Hi, Diana. Thank you for Hi. joining me. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. So let's talk about 2020, new decade, new you. Yeah. So 2020, when you say it's a new decade, it's a new you. So I was looking up some stuff and 2020 is really the year of transformation. So it's a really big year. So I kind of wanted to talk about like transforming our health goals and our perspective and really setting out intentions to make 2020 this decade a year that we follow through with goals that we set so most people will half of uh, december all of a sudden be like nope after the holidays i'm gonna start eating kale start eating salads go to the gym open up all these memberships and sign up for things and then never really follow through um, what do you think is the biggest reason for that? And what are some of your tips to kind of, like you said, follow through and make this year a year of transformation and commitment? So I think when we're talking about setting health goals, we have to set things that are really realistic. So like you said, people in the beginning of the year, they set out these intentions. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat right. So in January, the gyms are filled with people and we hear about this, read about this, or we're somebody who is one of these people that is one of the bombard, you know, all these people that's at the gym. So in January, it's packed. And then we look back in February and there's nobody at the gym. It's 80% of people who have a New Year's resolution fail to follow it through. 80% is huge. So insane. What do we do to accomplish these goals we've set forward instead of just making these goals? So when we're talking about health goals, I think, again, it's, it's important to, to do something that's going to last long term. People have these short term goals. We want to have a health goal that will last us throughout the year or more importantly, the decade or forever. Right. Right. So people, it seems like there's so many fad fad diets out there. And I say the word diet, not lifestyle. I'm on a lifestyle. I'm not on a diet. And I think there's so many diets that people cling to that don't work. Um, there's, you know, there's Weight Watchers, there's eliminating carbs, there's keto, paleo, there's all these things that are out there. 
And the reason that those don't work is because people are really, I mean, for one, Weight Watchers sitting there and counting what you're eating and the numbers and stuff. I don't have time for that. You need to figure out what do you have time to do in your life? What's convenient? I mean, I'm a mom of two. You're a mom of two. I think our biggest thing in life is what's convenient, right? Absolutely. So again, if we go to Weight Watchers, that's not convenient. But all these other programs out there, eliminating carbs, keto, paleo, all these things, they put your body into like a starvation mode. They're not, they might work for a short period of time. And yes, for maybe a year, if you're doing one of those types of diets, they're great and you'll lose weight, but it's not something you can do long-term. I always laugh at like, there's people, even in my family, people around me who think and do such programs as waiting until say 11 o'clock to eat. And then they stop at say five or six. And for some people that could work, but for a majority of people, they only do that two or three times throughout the week because that's not reality. The reality is that they're on lunch dates with, you know, a work lunch that they have to eat. They're going out on a date at night. They're eating early with their kids breakfast. That's not something that you can keep up with seven days a week. So you really want to set a goal that will last forever, not something that's just short term regarding our health goals and what program we choose to, to be on. So does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think that's huge and key is the way, if you're going to commit to something, you want something that's going to last a long time and not just be short term and, you know, you lose all this weight, look great for five minutes and then gain it all back threefold because that's how some of these diets work. Yeah. And also like, I think it's important to say, and I definitely have notes in front of me and there's something I always highlight when I talk about you know, your health goals is to really have a good relationship with food. I think that's a really important goal to have for yourself. And we're talking about health and we're talking about weight. If you, if it's weight that you want to lose or put on or gain muscle mass or gain energy, whatever it is that you want to get for your health, it's important that we have a healthy relationship with food. I know in my household, and I think in most of ours, We grew up with moms who said, I'm on a diet, I'm on a diet. And I hate that word. Um, And so growing up as like a young girl, I always thought I had to be on a diet. So if I wanted to feel good or look good, it had to be a diet. I never thought that it had to be the food that I was eating. I had to look at what I was eating and change some of the things I was eating or, or eat things in moderation. Right. So I had this like unhealthy view on what food is. So I think that's like really important for us to really get a better relationship with food and not hate it and enjoy it. Well, that's my problem. I love food and <laughs> I'm a, and I'm allergic to diets. So <laughs> I'm just a hot mess. <laughs> All right. So you sound like everybody else. So and I and listen, and I, I'll always say this. I'm Italian. I love food. You cannot take like a nice bowl of pasta away from me if it sits in front of me. I love food. But I'm like, I'm so lucky because I have this new, this program that I'm on that was literally thrown into my lap that all I had to do was such easy steps and not really change too much of my lifestyle. And I was able to feel better inside and out. And I'll talk about that in a second, but it's important, I think, that when you're looking at 
your relationship with food and, and what you need to cut out. Again, I coach people and I say, listen, let's cut certain foods out and see how your body responds without it. We can re-implement it. Like I said, let's eat it in moderation. But there's so many things that cause inflammation. So dairy, we know dairy causes major inflammation. And me being Italian, I ate dairy, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Mm -hmm. And seriously, and I did that my whole life. And it's so funny because I feel like we think at 35, we can eat like we did at 20. And you can't. You just can't. Your bodies can't do it anymore. And so if you cut certain foods out, like again, like if we're cutting out dairy, we're learning how to cut out, you know, there's certain foods like processed meat is really bad, you know, and then we set our kids up a lot of I see a lot of parents who have like cold cuts in the refrigerator. And I'm not saying don't buy cold cuts. I'm saying that we shouldn't stock up on cold cuts for say our kids for lunch every day. That's kind of putting them into some bad habits. So cold cuts are something that we really want to try to eliminate. Obviously, white carbs, we all know this. I'm not saying anything new. You know, white carbs are not great for us. Let's, and again, do it in moderation. So that's something I learned to do. I go out to dinner with my husband. I'll go on date night. I'll have a nice pasta. I'll enjoy it. Instead of having it in my house all the time. I grew up Italian. It was on the table every night. Pasta, late at night when my dad came home, was on the table every single night. And I grew accustomed to eating that every night. And you know, food is processed very differently here than it is in other countries. Um, and even it's so different now than it was, say, 30 years ago. So it's like they, people think that they're eating clean and they're eating good and they're not. And I think that's where we need to do a lot of education is it's like people will say, oh, I had a salad and some chicken for lunch. And if you really look at what you ate, it wasn't nutritious at all. And it's kind of scary because if you do the research, say you had a bowl of salad 30 years ago, you would need 30 bowls of that now to equal the nutrition that it was 30 years ago. That's scary. And yeah. same goes with like apples and I mean, fruits and vegetables and all this other food. So we're not getting the same nutrition. And then you think about I mean, it's really scary to think about this stuff, but like the chicken that's on your, that's on your salad, is it antibiotic free? I mean, you can look into all this stuff. I mean, it's probably not. And our food is pumped with antibiotics and it's all really bad for us. And we really have to learn how to read labels is really important. And I'm going to stress this. I am not a nutritionist at all. That's not, that's not my background, but in the last couple years of my life I have felt amazing and I said well what have I been doing to feel so good and I've been going to so many different seminars and learning from scientists about labels and reading labels and what we're actually putting in our bodies and it's scary so I'm like a normal citizen that just said you know what I have to put the right stuff in my body and my family's body I have to do it so it's really important. Like there's a good example I'll use. It's so crazy, but like eggs, right? It's mm-hmm. so weird, but you, you look at an egg carton and it says cage-free organic eggs. So that means nothing because for it to say cage-free means that they opened up the gates for like 15 minutes. So it does not <laughs> mean that the, it does not mean that they're running around. They're running free. Everywhere. It's not like that at all. They're not these happy little chickens running around. So 
you want to always look for antibiotic free. That's like the biggest thing, even over just something that says organic. And they really, and these scientists are really explaining that organic means nothing. The way that our government works, yeah. it really just means nothing. So we're just paying all this money for stuff that says organic. We just have to look right. at labels differently. So, yeah. And that kind of goes along with like, you know, I mean, working in an allergy office, a lot of patients yeah. are like, well, why all of a sudden? Do we have so many allergies present? And one of the biggest things is the change in your um, your biogenome in your belly, especially that's where, you know, all of our, our flora lies and just the overuse of antibiotics and even the food, like you said, that we eat is all pumped with antibiotics and that changes our systems um, to resistance and allergies. And that's that's why it's happening so much more now than back when we were kids. And it's all scary stuff. So what's going to happen in the next 30 years? Absolutely. Like what's gonna ha- it's, it's like really scary to think about. So if we don't do something now, we don't start actually getting the right food into our homes. It's just going to get worse. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, something that I, that I stress with, with the clients that I have is our system, specifically the system that I use and that I coach people on, we have a component to it that's nutritionally supported intermittent fasting. And intermittent fasting is this huge buzzword that everybody uses now. So the company that, I, that I'm associated with has been doing nutritionally supported intermittent fasting for 18 years. So they're the pioneers in it. So even though it's a buzzword in the last few years, we have it down to science. We have it. We got it. So I think it's important to understand why I... So much as in many people stress how important um, cleansing your body is, there's so many toxins that are out in, in the universe. When we're, when we're breathing, there's a toxin that we're breathing in. It's just inevitable. We're constantly breathing them in. Um, we're eating them constantly. I mean, even if like if you're at the end of the day, you want to be in the jacuzzi, you fill up the jacuzzi and you lay in there you get out, you've added five pounds of toxins in your body. It's insane. Mm -hmm. So you can't even have like, even if you take a shower, you're adding these toxins into your, your skin. So it's like, it's kind of scary. It's inevitable for us to get these toxins in our body. So these, what happens is our cells, they fill with these toxins and they sit on top of a lot of our organs. And so people want to lose Like sometimes we see people who are working out all the time and they have like, say, a pouch over their stomach and they're like, why can't I lose those five pounds? No matter how much working out you do, you're not going to lose it because it's those toxins. Your your working out can't eliminate the toxins. The only thing that can eliminate them in your blood cells is doing a cleanse through your body. So we have been able to figure out how to do that an intermittent, um, a nutritionally supported intermittent fasting, which means every hour you're getting something that you're eating or drinking and you're getting through a 48 hour cleanse and that 48 hour cleanse will eliminate those toxins. And that's where that uh, visceral fat is on top of all your organs, especially your liver. So it's a liver cleanse. That's what we call it. And it's, it's something that we really, really stress. And so not only is it eliminating the toxins from your body, but it's giving you this mental focus. So you know how we have that fog, we have that stress and that fog, it eliminates that. So it's eliminating, it's eliminating pounds. It's eliminating the fog. 
you're getting this insane energy and it also eliminates those cravings. You know how a lot of us have like cravings at night. We're like, oh my God, I need some chocolate or I need something salty. It eliminates all of those types of cravings because it's detox the bad sugar out of your body. So there's a lot of benefits to it. And it's, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, if you do this once, that's the cure. It's something you should be doing every six weeks. That's what they, that's what they would recommend. So that's not, the I, cleanse also doesn't mean that you do the cleanse and then you go back and eat all the crap no. stuff all over again. No. Um, just right. because you think this is a band aid to do every six weeks and get rid of, um, yeah. that could probably harm you even more than doing one or the other. So I agree with that. I wouldn't just tell someone, you know, you should do a detox in your body. You have to change your lifestyle. You have to start learning on what to put in your body, what to take out, what to do in moderation, when to cleanse your body. Absolutely. You want to change. It's a lifestyle change. It really is a lifestyle change. It's not a crash diet. Crash diets will not work. We've all been on a million of them. It's something about changing your lifestyle. So Again, I've been presented with this system and it's really worked for me and I've been able to do it for three years. So I wanted to also talk about like parenting and self-image goals because I think that has a lot to do with going into the next decade and really viewing, I mean, we have our health goals and now we should have our personal goals. So I, I say parenting goals and I say our self-image goals together. So I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves constantly. I am speaking in the point of a mom. I feel like there's so much freaking pressure that we put on ourselves, like an insane amount. And I feel like as soon as we have children, we put the pressure on ourselves, the pressure to even like feed them the like three meals a day with perfectly portioned sizes of vegetables and good carbs and protein and all that bullshit that we have to do three times a day. It's just impossible. It's impossible to have the perfect kid who acts perfectly, you know, the best toys, the newest outfits involved in every sport, all that stuff. It's just so much pressure we put on ourselves. When we talk about correlating the food back to kids, again, I'll just throw this program out, but we have we have shakes that we give to kids and so that it's not a full meal replacement, but it's a snack. So I'm able to, in the morning when my two kids are screaming at me that they're not going to eat anything I make, I give them both a shake and I actually put in vegetables in the shake. I have like a powder that I'm able to put two servings of vegetables in the shake and they drink it and I'm done. So it's just making my life easier. And I constantly throw out the word convenience because I just need things to be convenient right now. It's just impossible. It's, it's just impossible. Yeah. And if anything, you at least did what you, mm-hmm. you know, like the baby steps of putting mm-hmm. in at least two servings first thing mm-hmm. in the morning. So if the rest of the day does go to crap and you do end up giving Nutella sandwiches, you're good. Yep. Oh, I like that, by the way, that I, I love that Nutella sandwich thing. I was like, oh, my God, I want Nutella sandwich. Right that was <laughs> Not going to lie. It is a staple and, and my go-to in this household. Yeah, that's great. So, I, and, you know, and like my kids eat that. And my, I eat that. Like we all eat that. Yeah. But in the morning, it's so true. And my, my child, you know, he is very, very, very hyper and he's sensitive to food. And I don't want to 
I don't want to restrict so much food from him, but I also know that if the only thing he's going to eat in the morning is toast filled with sugar or a shake, I'm going to give him the shake. Yeah. And I'm gonna, and he's going to get the vegetables in it. And I'm going to feel like I won the whole day. Like I am so happy when he has that in the morning. So it's convenient. And that that's really helping me. So when we talk about pressure, we're also talking about obviously the pressure to have the perfect body we want to like, we think that we need to find time for the gym. We have all these intentions that we're going to, you know, 2020, I'm going to go to the gym three or four times a week. I'm going to get up before the family gets up. I'm going to run. I'm then going to get my kids up and they're going to bring them to school. And then I'm going to have a full day of work. And then I'm going to come home and I'm going to make them this great dinner. And then my husband's going to come home and we're going to have like a date night at home and watch a movie. And we're going to be laughing. What world are you living None in? of that happens. <laughs> Never, ever does any of that happen. What movie like, is that? <laughs> that? Listen, listen. In my town, actually, I think that does happen. But I think it happens with a lot of help. But I don't have the help. And I sit here and I'm like, I'm not going to put the pressure on myself for any of that to happen. If I get my children to school, I won the day. Mm-hmm. Putting less pressure on ourselves. I know my mom said this one thing like right after I had the kids and she's like, if you did one thing, one thing today, consider it a great day. As in like one thing, and I'm talking about like, you fed your children. (laughs) Be like, I fed my kids. They both got bathed and look clean. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, my kids have, sometimes I mean, sometimes we go three or four days without a a bath. (laughs) It happens. I mean, especially in the winter, but like Seriously, I am so proud of myself when I get my kids to school on time. Yeah. I have a half hour window even, and I'm like, yeah, I got them on time. So I feel like putting the pressure, taking the pressure off ourselves, because we just give ourselves so much guilt. We give ourselves so much pressure. Um, That and going back to the convenience thing, doing things that are convenient for you and within your means, because I would love, like you said, to have a maid 24 seven and somebody that cooks for us Mm. and all these Mm. things for us. And, you know, (laughs) this gives me and my husband time to canoodle in the corner and Mm. you know what I mean? Like it doesn't happen. I don't have Beyonce money. And (laughs) so I can't compare my lifestyle to hers because clearly, um, and I think, so that's really important as well to add on to taking off the pressure of us. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just not really comparing yourself to, other families because everybody's got different wins in their life and what they think is a win might be different from my win and you just have to kind of do the best that you can knowing that your kids are alive and wearing pants and happy yeah that comparing game is like so it's so old people have to really get over it i mean it's hard because of social media yeah Mm -hmm. it is hard i mean Here's, I mean, we all know this, like so many people put up stuff about in social media, they put up stuff and we, we scroll through social media and we're like, oh my God, they look so happy. But lies for me, I, I, yeah. And like, for (laughs) me, I put up, I'm pretty honest on social media. I put as in, I put up some heartbreaks. I've had a couple heartbreaks in the last year and I've been very vulnerable and open about that. But I also, the things I don't put up and people need to remember it is I don't put up when I'm sitting there crying in the corner because my kid has been hard for five straight days and I can't get him to stop tantruming and nobody knows the pain that I'm in and I'm sitting there and I'm upset for that hour and then I get over it. 
I don't right. write those things. I write the things that like, are like, I'm really proud of my kid for finally stepping on the soccer field after 20 games. Like those are my triumphs. And I feel like people need to remember that there's more of a movement of, of others trying to write more positive stuff. Absolutely. And lifting so, other people up. Yeah. And we're, we are trying to lift each other up and we are in, I feel like we are in that kind of movement. So people who maybe are in a negative space, reach out to each other, calling them or going out to lunch with them. And that's not always seen. We can't compare ourselves to those other people who are, who are shining a happier light out there. Cause I think there's more people trying to shine a happier light. Yeah. So you, and you can't compare. I mean, I have, I live in a, a, a very nice town and there is a lot of women that I, that I'm friends with that have help. They have the maids that come in all the time um, or the cleaning services and they have the nannies and they have, you know, people who whatever drop their kids off at school. But a lot of them are not as happy as say you or I are. And we're, you know, just getting by and just trying to like fend for our day, you know, I'm, I'm just saying like, you don't know someone else's story right and you just can't compare it and you really have to live in your moment and your life um and I think that's it's so important yeah the grass is not always greener as it might seem no way way. um so when I when I became a mom I didn't realize that I would lose my identity and it's kind of fitting for my story because I feel like before I had kids, and I I really think this is very similar to many other people's story, I was very independent and working my full-time job and having a a very big social life and always out there and drinking and eating and all that fun stuff. And then I have these two kids, and I have two kids in 13 months. So I have these two babies, and I completely lost myself. And not in a way that's like, I'm sad, I'm depressed, which is, uh, that can happen very easily, very easily. But I just felt like I didn't have my body anymore and I lost my mind because I had lost my body. So I just felt like I was in a blur, which is super normal after having kids, but I just felt like I knew too many people who fell into this trap of losing themselves and not being able to get themselves out. And I didn't want to fall into that trap. So that's why when I got presented the opportunity of having very convenient nutrition to get my body back, I jumped on it. I didn't even know to be totally like candid. I didn't even know what was in it. I said, oh my God, if this is cocaine, I'll take it. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> like give me something and make me feel better because I look like shit. Yeah. And you know, I was coached on a very like healthy regiment to get myself back. And I did quickly and I, I did start it for vanity, absolutely started it for vanity. So I lost a significant amount of weight and I had to be real. I had gained a lot of weight. So I lost 81 pounds and I lost it in just a few short months because I really cut out a lot of foods that I had been eating and I started bombarding my body with this nutrition. So I had done that. And then the coolest thing, which was so much more important than the weight so much, is that I lost this negative mindset that I had lived in my whole life. So I really didn't, I didn't know that I had it. I just thought that this is how I functioned. I looked at the negative over the positive first. Um, 
And then I started really shifting the way that I was looking at life. So yeah, I was adding the nutrition. I was thinking clearer. I was happier. I had more energy. I was there for my children. I was more present. So all these things were happening because of the shake. It sounds so silly and so, so minor, but today, December 17th, today, three years ago, I started and I had my first shake and my life took a complete change. So it just took four days, four, like literally four days and everything changed. My entire mindset changed. I was happier. And I like joke with people that I, that I coach and I'm like, I think they put an antidepressant in there or something. (laughs) And they don't, but it's just that you feel better. Like you're in a deeper sleep. You're your body doesn't feel so like weak. It just feels so good. So again, like I stayed on the program. I didn't have to be so strict. I hit my goals. I learned how to eat differently. I learned, and again, I'll I'll always stress that I learned how to look at life differently. So I started, I was more open to understanding food, getting a better relationship with food, enjoying food, not feeling guilt, not feeling pressure. And that emulated throughout the last year that I've really let go of so many things. I've let go of, you know, these bad habits with food. I've let go of feeling guilty about food. And to go back to like the pressure we put on ourselves as people, like I've let go of, of just saying yes to so many things. I've started to say no to things that don't serve me, including food. But like, really, I've changed my entire outlook on life because I started fueling my body the right way. And I'm sure this has also trickled down into your family and your husband also mm-hmm. um, has changed his lifestyle. You know, the kids mm-hmm. are learning from you guys as well. And um, yeah. obviously they can't pick and choose all the time yet, but they're learning as well from what they're seeing from you guys and just not even so much diet wise, but. Um, just lifestyle wise and like seeing you guys happy and living your best lives. And, you know, it definitely does trickle down to the little humans as well. Yeah. Everything is, yeah, they have, they have a better mom. They absolutely have a better mom. They don't have a mom that's could I could have, I always think about it this way, Gracie. So I have my daughter and I think it was really Gracie who changed me. And again, I had them back to back. So 13 months apart. So I have Joel and then I get pregnant three, four months later. I have Gracie and I have this girl and I said, oh my God, do I want to be saying the word diet and to be doing, and you know, I love my mother and she did what every other mom did, I feel like, and use the diet word all the time. And did, do I want to shape Gracie to always think that she has to be losing weight and to have a poor body image. I don't want her to do that. What would Gracie want her mom? What is the perfect mom that great that I could be for Gracie? What is it? And I thought, first of all, healthy, happy, and doing the things that I set out to do. And I said, you know what? I mean, I literally, it was four weeks after she was born. I felt like I finally woke up. And I said, I have to be this for her. Like, I have to be a better version of myself. And it's going to be, it's going to be health because then I'm, it's going to be weight loss because I'm going to feel good about myself. And then I'm going to start really feeling good mentally for her. And I have been such a better parent for my children because of it. 
That's amazing. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about um, this program and some more tips about just the lifestyle of it. So the lifestyle is really just eliminating certain foods, re-implementing them when you feel like you can, and really just changing to your meals and having a shake that's a whole micro-macro meal in it, a whole meal replacement having those throughout the day and then learning that you really do need to have a snack between breakfast and lunch and lunch and dinner, setting yourself up for something that's a healthy snack um, and having your one fourth to ninth meal. And, you know, again, and that's what it looks like with that um, intermittent um, cleansing throughout it. So that's what it looks like. It's not very hard. And when you're on say something like maintenance, I have, my husband and I have a shake every single morning and then we know to eat better the rest of the day because it just sets you up the rest of the day. It's like a mindset thing. It's like the rest of the day I know I'm going to eat good. So that's what the program looks like. It's not very hard, um, but, you know, it's a commitment thing. Is someone going to want to try to step out of their comfort zone and do something that is not eating three meals a day, rather drinking two shakes? snacking and eating a meal it sounds weird but it's just it's much easier again it's convenient it's all convenience and that's what the program looks like but if I was to give you hints um, if I was to give you like helpful helpful tips on how to stay um, helpful tips on how to stay on track for the holidays I would say the things that you know that I've learned to do in the last year that have really helped me is Again, when we're talking about staying healthy, it's also, it's always, I'm always going to resort back to your mind. Um, but it's saying no to things that don't serve you. Like there's so many parties now. There's so many buying gifts. Just say no when you want to. Like don't do something unless it benefits you and your family and it makes you happy to do it. Yeah, that's something that I've learned on the more recent side is um, really being able to say no to people and, you know, just not doing something that either puts me in a situation that I'm going to regret later. And that's even something like, you know, going to the city later on in the evening when I know my kids are going to be miserable on the way back home, that's only going to hurt me, not anybody else. Um, and, you know, I do make time to see my friends. So I will have another opportunity to do that. But in that time and day and area, I'm not trying to be there. Um, you know, so saying no to just even simple situations like that, um, I think is huge. And even like, you know, in my last um, little soundbite, I said, you know, narrowing down, even in the holiday season, narrowing down who you're buying gifts for. Um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like gifts nowadays are becoming more and more pointless and experiences are becoming more and more, um, you know, popular and effective in relationships and the face-to-face time. Um, mm-hmm. So I'd rather, instead of buying gifts, call that person up and say, hey, let's have a play date with the kids or let's go out to drinks one night. Um, and I think spending time and doing things when it is convenient is a little bit better than just, you know, buying gifts and stressing yourself out to get the perfect thing for the perfect person when there is no true answer. So 
I love that. And I think that so many people will hear that and have trouble doing it, but it works. Absolutely. And it's so smart and it feels uncomfortable to not get the really expensive gift that you wanted to get your dad or something. But in reality, he probably doesn't need it. And if it was going to stress you out to get it, you probably didn't have to get it. Right. Um, This year, you know, I, my family celebrates Hanukkah and Christmas. So we're looking at eight nights of presents and then we do Christmas here and then we do it at my mom's. So it's two days of getting presents from Santa under a tray. My kids are so confused, but (laughs) it doesn't matter. So at the end of the day, like I was like, this is crazy and I can't do this. Like they, my kids are outdoor kids. They love being outside. They, they learn from being outside. They don't have a gazillion presents. I think they have a lot, but they don't have a gazillion. Um, and so this year we limited, pre- like we have a, we have a big family. We did a secret Santa instead of getting for six, I'm getting for one. Mm-hmm. Like it's all good. It's huge. And it's a, it makes such a difference in your life. And I don't need to buy for all of these people, like, um, you know, my sisters, brothers, this, whatever I listen, I, here's one present. You got it. My family. I, I asked them like, give me a little, like a little one little thing you want for my mom and my dad and my kid. I don't even buy my husband gifts anymore. You know, like it's just getting so much smaller. Yeah. And I set myself up today. It's two and a half hours. I bought all of the gifts I had to get for all of those things I was talking about two and a half hours. I knocked it out and said, this is it. We're not, I cannot stress myself out with this and nobody cares. Like everybody has what they really want. Let's be real. Right. You just, I mean, if we really, this is a time of year, it's, it's Christmas, right? This is a time of year that it's super happy, but it's also can be really depressing and sad. And this is a time that we see a lot of like, like, like truth. We see some illness and we see poverty and we see like the reality of what the world is and what's out there. And I feel like when I sit down at night, I just look at my family and I say, we couldn't be any, we couldn't be any luckier. We have our health. And I I hope that a lot of other people feel that way. So we don't need all these gifts. Nobody in my family needs anything. Absolutely. The people I know don't need anything. They need health. They need their health. And you know what? We have it. So let's not stress out about all these presents, it's just out of control. And you, I feel like we overwhelm ourselves. We put the pressure on ourselves. Nobody puts the pressure on us, but ourselves. And we allow ourselves to be open to that pressure. So the only, the person who can take it away is you. You can stop it. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another tip I would say is during the holiday season, this goes with what I was saying before, is we see a lot of, you know, we see some poverty and we see other people who are really in need. So like, what was it yesterday? The only thing I bought for Christmas was these pajamas that were being donated to a homeless shelter of these little kids who are born into this homeless shelter and they don't have anything. So Gracie, my three-year-old, I had her pick out pajamas and I was explaining to her and she cognitively understands a lot which is crazy for a three-year-old but I said to her this child doesn't have any pajamas let's give her some of let's go buy her new ones and Gracie was all excited and I had her bring it to the person's house and yes I'm doing it with three and four-year-olds they're super young but like teaching them those kind of things early is so important 
they need to learn. I really strongly feel that children need to learn to give back and how important it is because then they learn the fair stuff. They have a better respect for their own things. And I think teaching them that young is so crucial and so important. And it's something that my husband and I talk about all the time that we really want to instill that into our children to be thankful, to be caring. Those are like the kind of, that's the kind of gift we can give to our children is to teach them those things. Absolutely. And it could be something simple as like we once a month will go through all the toys and I'll say, you know, let's go through all your stuff and see what we can donate to people that may not have this stuff um, and aren't as lucky as you. And, you know, they, they may not understand fully, but they understand that, um, you know, that they don't need this stuff right now and they can give to somebody that may use it and may be appreciative of it. So I think it's, you know, even the little things can change the mindset of a child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so another thing that I think is important and some people might roll their eyes because they'll say, I don't have the time to do this. And I get that, but I put a... I've made sure that I do it, but like taking 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes and I, and 30 minutes is a lot. I know, but 30 minutes to yourself during the holiday season when it gets really crazy. I know in my family, we're Italian. It's a lot of energy. It's loud voices. It's a lot of <laughs> demands. It's a lot of expectations on the children. My, you know, I have kids that one of them that doesn't like all the attention put on him and he freaks out and not everybody understands his temperament and that can frustrate me and so sometimes I feel like I want to scream and taking the time out and stepping away from the situation is really important taking those 30 minutes out to yourself to just like take a deep breath during the holidays is really important and if you have like a partner who you can really just like I know for me I look at my husband I give him that look and he's like okay I'll see you in a little bit like he knows that I just need to tap out for a minute because if you don't, I think that anxiety can build up and come out the way that you don't want it to. Absolutely. Mm. Let's see. Um, I think like in the, in the, in the winter months, I mean, I'll move past the holidays, but talk more about January and February, you know, seasonal depression is real. Um, and being a mom is real. And I think that it's important to take time to yourself. And if that time is going out with a friend and going to get dinner, do it. Don't have the guilt that, oh my God, I'm leaving my kids for the night. Like you have to connect with people, even if it's bitching for the full hour. Um, I know we have a mutual friend, Michelle, who I haven't seen in forever. And when I see her, I, I bitch for an hour. And she's like a release for me. And it makes me feel really it makes me feel good. Yeah. And you know, like sometimes, sometimes we need those things. Um, but taking the time out during the, during this like winter time, I think is really important to connect with people. Even if it's like being by yourself in your home, like take the mental health day from work, sit home all day. If you have to. That's what mental health is about. Yeah. Um, and then as for food goals, six, like strongly stick with a system that you can handle. Don't do short goals, short diets that don't work. Stick with something and set yourself up for success. Be prepared. Um, for me, my system, we have like these protein bars that, are, that can be like a full meal replacement. 
I have them in my car so that I know, say 12 o'clock, I'm not by a blender or I'm not by, I'm not stopping to eat like a really healthy lunch. I can have a bar and keep going. I have them in my car. I set myself up for success so that I'm not driving by McDonald's and I'm like, oh shit, I'll just pull over and get this. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm human. There's absolutely <laughs> times that like I've stopped by McDonald's. And I'm like, I hope nobody, nobody sees me. I can't believe I'm doing this, but it might be only like a few times in the year. <laughs> but if I didn't have like, if I didn't have those bars or I didn't have say like, again, it doesn't have to be my program, but like, uh, like raw almonds or setting yourself up with things in the car that are always there. You're setting yourself up for failure. If you don't put them there and have them ready. I have like, at the end of the night, like tonight, I'll put um, a bottle of water um, in my car so that I know in the morning as soon as I get in there to drop the kids off, the water sitting there ready, I have to start drinking it. Because I hate drinking water. I hate, I hate it. Yep. So I have to set it up. I have like one on my desk that I'll finish. I have one in the kitchen. I have one in the bedroom, which is not smart because then I pee all night. <laughs> I, have one in the, I have one in the car. So like setting those up for yourself is super smart. Um, and then the last thing I think which is helpful is everybody makes like a to-do list. Um, most people do. And on that list, I have a coach that I work with every two weeks. Um, he's a life coach that I work with and he made a good point. He said, when you have a to-do list, the first thing should be, it should say to be list, to be present, to be present with yourself above all things. And then only set like five goals. I remember I was setting on my to-do slash be list. I was setting like 35 things a day. And then I wouldn't (laughs) finish all of them. I mean, this was like my whole life. And I wouldn't finish them. And instead of at night being like, nice, I got all these done. I would feel like I was unaccomplished because I didn't get 35 things done on top of having a full-time job, two kids and a husband. Like, and running a household. So it's like now... And now I have five things on my list and I'm able to get them done. And I feel like completely accomplished for the day. So making that list smaller. And again, everything is making it realistic. Yeah. So I guess like to conclude, I would say there's so many excuses we can move, you know, 20, 2020 is coming. It's right around the corner. There's a million excuses to not start living a better, a healthier lifestyle for yourself. There's a million excuses. We'll all come up with it. Say it's a program and you think it's going to be too restrictive or you feel like you don't have enough money for it. And again, you can't afford to not be healthier. Let's be real about that. The doctors, you know, the, the ER visits, everything that comes around being sick, you cannot afford that you can't we can't afford it so like change your lifestyle now these programs don't cost that much money mine is not that much money Um, but you're investing in your health which is the most important there's a quote that I I have on my whiteboard in front of me and I always I always say it to people I coach is many people say they would die for their children but would you live for them and that's just that's powerful and just in that sentence um because you want to be you know like we said before be present for them, be present for your family, be around for them, um, you know, have them look up to you and, and follow your lead in living a better lifestyle and being kinder and um, appreciative of what they're there, they have in their lives. Um, so I think that's super powerful. Um, 
And I want to thank you for sharing all your tips and knowledge. Yay. Um, I loved it. Yeah. If people have questions about your program or any other programs, um, you know, feel free to contact us via the website or Instagram. Um, Diana will be tagged. And we want to say thank you for listening. Until next time, love you. Goodbye. Bye.